thank you card from the Cole family. It says, to our Harmony friends and family, thank you so much for the donation to the Texas Baptist Home for Children in memory of our loved one, Paul Cobe. Your love and prayers mean more than you will ever know. Sincerely, the Cole family, straight from their heart. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Andrew. Colts. We have some others here that we'll mention at the end of our service. There's someone that you need that we've not had on there. We'll have that opportunity. You have your Bibles this morning. We'll be in Luke chapter 10. We'll be talking about the joy of service. Before we finish kind of a little bit about gifts and service and those things, I wanted to finish up with the thoughts that we have today about the joy of service. You know, it's very appealing to to have a pronounced talent or gift. It doesn't matter if it's for the Lord or if it's God's given you a talent to proceed with in this world. Uh, it's It's a blessing to have that. It's a blessing even more to be able to excel in and use those gifts and talents that that God has afforded us. And then, of course, to use that talent and excel in it to expand our territory, as the prayer Jabez would say, and and to be able to, to become known somewhat for that gift or that talent. That's the way you are in your career. That's the way you are in many of the things that happen in your life. You come known for some of those things. And, of course, because of that, you, you're rewarded for your gift. That may be monetarily. Hopefully it's more intrinsic. Hopefully it's more because you're, you feel fulfilled and purposeful for using those gifts that God has given, that, that blessing uh, on your life that you were given, uh, out, which was out of your control. It's not something you uh, you thought about. It's something you were just given because God saw fit to do that. My message is one to encourage you to understand uh, your significance in the places that you'll go all through your life. And that's what this is for. I have talents. You have talents. I have sought to expand those talents. I have sought to do different things. But what I want you to understand today is your significance in where God has put you. And we're going to use uh, a particular passage today in Luke 10. But what I want you to know is this. All your talents and all of your gifts and all of your work Hail insignificant to the one who comes behind you. Everywhere you go as a Christian and you influence or you are salt or you are light, when you leave, that place is not finished. Because there's one who's going to come behind you. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Without the author and finisher of all that you begin, you're insignificant. 
You, you have no significance. I, I have none, if you will, of my own accord. So as we look at this, I want you to look with me first at Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. We're going to just, we're going to go through this in an expository fashion. We're not just read the whole thing. I, we'll read as we get to where we want to be today, if you will. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 1, after these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. Okay? You get that? That's what I want us to stop for a moment and look at. We want to understand after these things. After what things? We're starting here in 10.1, but we, we need to understand some context so we can get the picture of what Christ has for us in this lesson today. First thing we see is after these things. Well, what things? We want to quickly go back and, and get up to speed on after what things because they have such bearing on, on the lesson that we want to learn from these 70 folks who were sent out. Number one, if you look at what he's talking about, is all the way kind of back over here in chapter 9. And you go back over in chapter 1, what Christ does is he calls the 12 apostles. And he empowers them to be able to go about, not be poisoned, heal, not be, if he's bitten by snakes or scorpions, don't pick them. He gives them these powers, all these different things. He empowers them with the gifts for them to be able to go and fulfill what they're called to do. Another thing that we see over there is down in verse 12, Christ performed the miracle of feeding the 5,000 plus men, women, and children. You understand here that they're out in the wilderness. All these people have come to hear Jesus teach and the disciples there. And, and Jesus said, hey, go over there and feed these people. They're like, holy smoke, Jesus. Tell them to go get their own food. We, if we worked all year, we wouldn't be able to buy enough food to feed all this crowd, right? He said, no, feed them. What do you got? You know, we got this little bit, fishies and bread. That's all we got. One little old boy had a lunch. We'll bring it here. You understand, he fed all of them and they took up the scraps, right? So that took place. We also see over down in verse 18 that Jesus is talking to Peter and saying, Who you say I am? And thou art the Christ, Son of the living God. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. So we see a proclamation by Peter of who Jesus Christ is. You're the Son of God. We see that take place. Then we see... In verse 38, a demon-possessed boy who, who is thrown down on the way to Jesus. Because of that, Jesus heals. He casts out the demon of this young boy. And this, this demon then has lost possession of this young boy. And Christ has taken possession of this boy's spirit. And let's get right, that's what happened. And so as we begin to see here, we see this, 
spiritual possession given. And then through this, in verse 22 and verse 24, two times in chapter 9, Jesus says, I'm going to go to the cross and die. Now, that's not a, an exact quotation, right? So he lets them know that, hey, this is coming. So all these things transpire. And then here in verse 10, he says, and after these things... The Lord appointed another seventy also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whether he himself then would come. So he's got a particular calling on these seventy people. I want you to go out to these cities and these places and I want you to prepare for me to come. That's what he's saying to them. As we look at this, there's a couple things that I want you to understand here about what God asks us to do in regards to what he's asking these folks to do. He's asking them to take the Word of God and prepare a people to hear when he shows up to be the author and finisher of their faith. That's what he's asking me and you to do as well. He's asking us to go about our lives preparing a people that when Christ comes, he can be the author and finisher of their true faith and save them. That's what he's, that's our comparison here. Now, these people were sent out with power. These 70 were given much the same power that the apostles were given to heal and cast out demons and, and to preach and all these different things. Kind of the same. So they're given power. And you are given the power of the Holy Spirit to give you the ability to go out and prepare a people for the, for the Lord. You're also... We see in this second thing, the feeding of the 5,000, you're given provision. You know what he told these 70? If you go on down here, verse 3, chapter 10, Therefore he said to them, well, in verse 2, the, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. Not a lot of people willing to go out and work for the Lord. Because it says in here, if you read all of it, I'm sending you out like lambs among the wolves. That's kind of a true statement even today, isn't it? Verse 3, Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among the wolves. Carry neither purse, nor script, nor shoes, and salute no man, by the way. There's a diligence about what I want you all to do. Don't worry about packing a bag. Don't worry about anything. Because y'all saw just a few days ago, I am the God of provision. So if I can show you that I can feed 5,000, why is it a stretch that you don't think I can give you what you need as you go about working for me? And that's what we see here. That's why those two things are important for one another. 
So they're to go out believing in the provision of the Lord Jesus Christ. We also see that there is a proclamation that they are to give. Jesus is coming. The kingdom of heaven is near. I want you to go proclaim that. One thing that took place in chapter 9 was the proclamation of Peter. He proclaimed, Thou art the Christ. They're proclaiming, Here is the Christ. So they know how to do this. We understand also that there's revelation. One thing that happened in chapter 9 is the the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. He revealed a little bit more of His true character to the apostles. You remember, the Shekinah glory shone through and they understood, hey, this is not just any guy. This is the guy. This is the man, Christ Jesus. And there's revelation in that. He's revealed Himself to us. We can take that with us as we go. And so, in verse 8, he said, I want you to understand all these things, and in whatsoever city you enter into, and they receive you, eat the things that are set before you. Be content with what I provide. That's what he's asking them to do. As you go your way, be content with what I've provided for you. Don't look around at other people. Don't worry about what you don't have. Be content. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Don't worry about what you have or don't have. Be content with what I provide for you. That's what he's telling these 70 to do. And then he asked them this. Remember the authority and the simple message. Heal and say to the kingdom of God is here for you. That's what he says, verse 9. Heal the sick that are therein and say unto them, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. You don't have to give this long speech. You don't have to answer every question. You don't have to worry about being a theologian. All I want you to do is say the kingdom is coming near to you. Easy enough, isn't it? Use the gifts I've given you. Heal the sick. If they will accept you. If they don't, dust your feet off. Go to another town. That's what he's saying. Now, the reason I I wanted you to see this is we skip down to verse 17. He sent them out as lambs among the wolves. But he sent them with power, provision, with proclamation, with revelation, with a message, with everything they needed. Now he's coming here in verse 17. And the 70 returned again with joy. Wait a minute. How many left? How many got back? Will God, will Christ lose one of his sheep? None. He'll leave the 99 and go get the one, the Bible said. In Christ, I might lose this life, but I'll not lose life. My life is secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. And these men came back rejoicing. Verse 17. And the 70 returned again with joy, 
saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Lord, but we heard you when we, when we were sent out. We, we know what you said. But, Lord, did you, even the devils are, were, were under our authority. It's, it was wonderful. We never expect, well, wait a minute. Are you puffed up about that? Were they puffed up about that? I don't think so. You know what I think they were? I think they were amazed at the power of Jesus' name. You know why I say that? Look at the end of that. Even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Do you understand? They understand their significance. We didn't cast out demons. In your name, these demons were cast out. I was, I mean, yeah, I was there, and yeah, that I was a part of that. But in your name, your holy name, in the name above all names, that's where these demons were cast out. Praise God, Lord. We're just so happy to see your power on display. I think that's where they were. You ever felt that way? You ever felt, man, I... I never expected to have the success we have. I mean, this is just, I can't, I can't understand it. You want to know the honest truth? I figured I'd still be preaching in a little building back down there. Long time ago, you know what I mean? I didn't expect. But in, in Jesus' name, you will be amazed at what He can do if you are diligent in taking the message, in accepting the gift, if understanding the power and the proclamation and the provision and all that is Christ, man, you'll be amazed at what He can do. I just understand that. Oh, man, don't worry about Satan. <laughs> don't worry about Satan. He's already defeated. I don't have to worry about him. Why is it that I felt that way? And I, I have reflected on that a little bit. Why should I not expect, if God has power, if God has all provision, if God has given the message that should be proclaimed, if God has revealed Himself to me, if God has promised me that He loves me, why would I not believe that I can't be victorious in this life? Oh, ye of little faith. You read back in chapter 9. And the apostles have heard that on a regular basis. Oh, ye of little faith. You didn't think this could happen. Because you're only looking at your power. If you'll look at me, you can understand there's a victory that can be had that will blow you away. You'll not understand that. And so that's what takes place. They come back joyous. Going down. And he gives them uh, some other advice and some other teachings. But let's skip on down to verse 20. That's where we want to be today. 
This is a perspective. I don't know if I've given you what your blanks are. Entering service to the Lord with the gifts and commission He gives. Second there, the servants were amazed at their success and rejoiced. And then there's a perspective on service that, that we need from the Savior. A perspective on service from the Savior. Verse 20. Well, let's go on back up there. They say to him in 17, even, this, even the demons are subject to us. And he said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Oh, that's no big deal. I was there when Satan was cast out of heaven. I was there. I cast him out. Why do you think I can't help you have victory? Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Just kind of like what the apostles had. But now he gives you some perspective, and this is what I want you to understand today. This is the perspective that comes from the Word of God. Notwithstanding, although you can do all that, guys, don't rejoice in that. In this, rejoice not. That's nothing. That's no big deal. Here's the big deal. But rather rejoice because your names are written in the book of life. You want to have something to be joyous about? Don't be joyous about what you think you've accomplished. But that Jesus Christ has accomplished for you that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and that for all eternity you will be with God. He'll be your God. You'll be His people. There will be no sorrow, no sin, no tears, no pain forever in heaven with Jesus. Now, which one of those would you rejoice over if you had to choose? You see, we lose perspective so easy in this life. You know why? Because we like power. We don't want to give power where power is due. Jesus Christ is the power. When we give it to Him, then I can't glory in power. We get... We get a wrong feeling, a wrong perspective on provision. I got what I got because I worked for it. Any of you ever said that? I have. I sure have. And then your son-in-law can't get up. And you realize, if God had not let me get up, I would have done nothing. You understand, provision is God. You can't revel in it. You can't glorify Him. Proclamation? Boy, I'm, I'm giving a good message today. No. No, you're not. You're only giving the message that God says give. It's His message. And I'm only the messenger. So you can't glory in the message. What about revelation? I don't know nothing that God hadn't told me through the Word of God. So the revelation that I glory in is His revelation. Okay. 
okay, I'm insignificant in this scenario. Isn't that the way it comes to you? The way it comes to me? The one who's not insignificant is Jesus Christ. He is the most of all that you can think about. And to Him be honor and glory. And that's what He's saying. Look, glory in the fact that your name is written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. Now hold on a minute. Why is Jesus rejoicing? I mean, I understand why the 70 were rejoicing. Why is Jesus rejoicing? Let's go and read a little bit. I thank Thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that Thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in Thy sight. It's the humble, the insignificant, those who who give themselves and 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 fall before the the cross, fall before the altar of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not those who are prideful, who have power and fame and fortune of their own. They don't need Jesus. It's the simple who understand who they are before a honest, holy, perfect, living God that Christ has revealed this to and these 70, let me ask you all this. Who were they? Who were the 70? Do you all know any one of them's name? Do you know what any one of them did for a living before they went about for the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know what happened to them after they came back and reported to Jesus that what you ask us to do is done? Are they recorded in any other place in Scripture? All those answers are no. What is their significance? Their significance is that their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that they were obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ and what He asked them to do in a particular place and time. And in doing that, they brought joy to the Lord Jesus Christ they could see what Jesus had said to them. Their eyes were open. Their ears were open. Their hearts were open. And Jesus rejoiced because they saw. <laughs> All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and He whom the Son will reveal Him. No man knew God till Jesus revealed Him. No man knew Jesus until He was revealed in the flesh. And you were not known by God until Jesus called your name and saved you. These men were the same. He turned him unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that ye see. 
What do you see? That so many in this world don't see. What do you see? That's what he's saying. What do we see? We see. You and I. I see my sin. I understand what I am as being a sinner. I see that that God Almighty has provided a way, a door. He's provided an opportunity for me to not have to bear up under my sin in the judgment. And he's, he did that through Jesus Christ. I see that. I hope you see that. He, I hope He's your Savior. That wasn't of your own doing. The Spirit convicted you. God called you and you respond. I hope you see that you can't just, you can't just receive Jesus and loiter in your blessing. These 70 saw that wasn't what they were asked to do. Loiter in your blessing. (laughs) That means I'm there. Hallelujah. Let everybody else make their own way. I'm just going to enjoy my good blessings. That's loitering. I don't believe God wants us loitering. I believe He wants us to go out two by two into places that He's going to later come. I believe He wants us to go and proclaim the message through the power and the provision, through the revelation that He's given. And in doing so, He'll come behind you and He'll give the victory. He'll give the success. He'll give all that you need to know you have significance to the Father because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. What can you say? I mean, don't stop. When you get saved, keep on the road to being obedient. That's what these 70 were, obedient to the Lord. One of these days, we're going to get to know them. I'm going to say, man, who's your walking buddy? Oh, it was him. Let me give you a a quick story about being obedient. (laughs) This week... Stay with my son-in-law. Phone rang. And he has some friends he fishes with. Okay, They go all over the United States. They fished in these tournaments. He was trying to be a professional bass fisherman. And he had a friend of his that he fished with. They, get, they got to know each other well. I think he met their wife maybe one or two times. There's two guys he knew. Phone rings. It's one of these men's wives... And her name is Angel. And she said, I just feel like we need to come and pray for you. She said, I have a prayer group that I want to, and we want to come and pray for you. So they show up. And I've never seen more authentic, just there out of obedience. You could just, they'd had no program, they hadn't. This is not something they'd done on a regular basis. This is not something that was just something they go out and do. 
I, I, you could just tell this is something the Lord put on their heart. Two of them he never even met. The other two, I don't think he only met one or two times. I just studied this to prepare. And I'm thinking, man, here they are going out, proclaiming the power and the provision and the proclamation and the revelation of God. One lady stood in the hallway, kind of wait out of sight, and sang, It is well with my soul. And the other three ladies and I and Blake prayed. You gotta think, man, how obedient were they to what the Holy Spirit asked them to do? And I have no doubt. <laughs> And I told him this. Jesus Christ is rejoicing over your obedience. I don't know how this is going to turn out. It's in the Lord's hands. But to see that, knowing what I was about to preach, it's like God showed me the message that I was going to give you in real life. Let's don't go around worried about what people think about our Savior or about us. Let's not go around worrying whether or not what I'm about to do for somebody is going to offend them. What if I don't do it? Will that be more offensive to God? I mean, you get all of these scenarios in your mind. Do what the Holy Spirit prompts you to do. And I promise you, you'll find a joy and service that you never found before. Because you'll be able to understand, blessed, right, well done, good and faithful servant, right? When did we do this to you, Lord? When you've done it unto the least of them, you've done it unto me. All those verses come to mind. And remember this, our God is able. He's able. If you don't know Christ this morning, all I've done to you, for you today is proclaim the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've shared a little of what He's done for me. He's written my name in the book of life. I shared the fact that I know my significance is not in my service, but in obedience to God. And now I pray that the Spirit of God comes behind me and walks into your heart and convicts you to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's what, that's what we're here for today. We have a revival coming up. Let's invite. Let's go places we've not gone and see if we can get some folks to have this message and then let the Lord Jesus Christ come behind us and be the author and finisher of that. That's our desire. And we ask our musicians to come.